Well, and here we have our very own Stephen Hammett. Hello, Stephen. Hey, John. How are you? Great. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. Awesome. So um, it's good to have you back here. And uh, let's just uh, talk about what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned this year and how did it go for you? Wow. What a year, right? This year was, and it seems like every year we, we, we have this conversation where, where we learned so much and, and um, we, we take so much from it, but this year was really the market throwing everything it could at you in so many different ways. We started the, you know, the year out with the humdrum, low volatility, grinding up markets, and you kind of find yourself uh, getting a little complacent with your trading and what the market's doing and just expect the same thing over and over again. So this year really forced me as I, as I assumed other traders to really kind of step back and, and think about their trading in a really different way. And the market has a, a way of doing that, right? Forcing you to do it. And for me, there was a number of things that were my biggest lessons. And I'd say, you know, the two biggest ones was really my TA, I've always had good confidence in my TA, but it's always been more from a higher level on a weekly and a daily basis. And I can't really say that I ever, it ever really came into plan with the trade plan, uh, or came into play with the trade plan because the trades I was doing a little more, um, or they were a lot more uh, higher DTE, more days in the trade. And I really shifted my trading to much, as you know, much, much shorter. Actually, it's uh, nine-day trades, 16-day trades, and that kind of time frame. And so that forced you, forced me to really get dial in my TA skills, not only on a daily basis, but down to an hourly basis. And what it also made me do was simplify my TA, get rid of you know, the stories you, you like to tell yourself, well, you know, here's support resistance, but if, what if it does this and what if it does that just what are the levels and you go with it so in in a sense when i narrowed down my time frame it also it also forced me to simplify my ta not complicate it which i think we tend to do as traders so that was number one and number two was this uh since i'm trading much shorter dte and obviously the reason behind that is is generally speaking butterflies and and are, are just much cheaper and there's a lot more opportunity with the shorter dated stuff, yeah, which right I found it right now, right now. And, <laughs> yeah. it, and it will certainly change. Um, <clears throat> but for 2020, and, but part of that trade-off was you had to trade in expiration. And, you know, before I was trading the rock and you know, I don't know, maybe a little less than half the time you would take the trade in expiration. And it was certainly a white knuckle experience or so, so you, so it seemed so, but with this trade, I was always in expiration. So from a mental standpoint, I really got used to that. There's not any angst. I felt I've I developed that skill, that ability, and that confidence to deal with the trade in expiration. Because you know, I put the trade on, say, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday of the week before expiration. Well, that, you know, Monday, you're only in the trade three days, uh, trading days wise, and you're in expiration week. And that no longer was a mental challenge. So that was a big uh, leap for me to feel very comfortable that I could deal with the trade. Now, did I get blown out to the upside and the downside sometimes? Sure. 
did I not necessarily have the plan that I wanted in place when that happened? Sure, but but it is now. You know, that's part of part of the learning. Um, uh, so that was huge to be able to to feel comfortable taking things into expression. And 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 along with that, the other big learning was for me. I needed just trading my trading overall with the options. I needed more at bats, more trade reps. You know, so some traders may be comfortable with, you know, taking one trade a month, that's 12 a year, maybe it overlaps, it's 12 trades a year, or, you know, what, even if you're kind of doing an M21 style, maybe you have a few more trades a year, but generally you're not going to have a whole lot. But for this, and in this environment, obviously it lends itself to that ability. And that was really nice because no matter, it really it really helped to take the focus off of the outcome because mm-hmm. let's say you took a loss, maybe it was a two times max loss. You're like, that's fine. Tomorrow I'm entering another trade. And by next week I'll have, this one will be under my belt too. So you could, it, it was comforting in a sense to know you were just right back in the game and you didn't have to sit for a month with this, with this loss or working through a drawdown, which you have to have that, fortitude to do anyway. And, and when the markets go back to, you know, let's call it a 2017 environment or 2013, where it's just, you know, nine VIX and slow, you know, you're not going to be doing these uh, probably shorter term stuff. Although you could argue you could do 10 day rocks. I mean, so, you know, it is possible to do, but, but just this idea of having more at bats, more trade opportunities through the year was, was huge for me. And it's something I've, I've found very attractive. And if I can continue that in different environments, that would be great, but I certainly will, will adapt to whatever I have to, but those, those are the biggest takeaways I had or biggest learnings for this year. Yeah, those are great insights. And the, um, I think that's why it's important to understand, you know, we have our longer term strategies when we do the programs and we always bring them into expiration on options trading for income guidelines unless we hit our profit targets. I mm-hmm. think there's a there's good learnings and good practice in that and a good reason why people, you know, maybe should do that rather than try to avoid it all the time. Yeah. And even and even so, let's that's a good point. Let's say that your trade plan says, you know, I'm I'm gonna be out at 10 DTE just because I don't want to uh, deal with the gamma or you know the challenges that come with that. But paper trade the rest of that trade. Let's say you exit it at 21 days or 10 days. Go ahead and paper trade that trade and, and at least get some some kind of experience. And even you could even do it live, right? Paper trade the rest of the trade, the balance of the trade live and get that experience so that you have that confidence. But you know, for me, it was definitely a little bit of uh, getting thrown into the fire, just kind of forced myself to do it. And it was nerve wracking at first. You're like, oh man, this expiration week, this thing could get 70 points either way. And it did. Yeah, and the market <laughs> was moving like bigger and it than did. it ever moved. Yeah, it but, did. But, but, but it also really drives home the point that trade-offs, right? With that high gamma and with that high theta and with that risk of a giant move against came fantastic rewards. You know, yeah, I, if, I, there were a lot of times I was if breaking. You just hit a two, in, if you just yeah. hit a two-day period where you didn't oh, oh. get much market movement, you're, you're just boom. You're, you're, oh, you're there down. were some days yeah. I would break even in the morning and hit profit target in the, in the, at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just was that fast. That's the uh, power. 
the power of it. So recognizing those trade-offs and, you know, being responsible, understanding that if you get an ATR move or if you're at support or at resistance, you're about to break out, you probably want to do something with the trade beforehand. So, um, you know, th- those those are key things. And so that that is really, it, you know, I've traded all your program, all your strategies, obviously. And so it's, you know, all the way from the 77 DTE X4 series, which you got all kinds of great aspects to it down to what I'm doing now, which is taking things into expiration. And so um, it, from a, if you put that on a time continuum, you know, uh, from an expiration all the way to 17 DTE, it's kind of like, I feel pretty confident. I could say I've covered the wheel of, of everything that I could trade. So no matter what the market brings down the road, I should be able to handle that. I have, at least I have the confidence. And if I don't, you know, and, and if it is something a little different, which the market's always going to have throw some, some curveballs at us, I, I can figure it out. Cause that was another right. big component of this year. I had to kind of figure out what I wanted to do or how to take advantage of cheaper butterflies, higher implied volatility. Does that mean I trade the same thing and just, ride that and and or can i is there more opportunity i could take advantage of which is what i found and so really kind of figuring it out and taking your lumps in that process was really built confidence you know not being spooked out of it and saying man i I got smoked on that trade i I don't want to that's expiration trades great thing that you talk about you know it, how do you gain confidence people say that i'm not confident how do you gain confidence well you go in there and you do it that's how you gain confidence yeah right? and and just you know and and stand your ground and yeah. it's, it's really easy to say well i'm 70 percent profit target and i could take it now should i because every single day is huge in these it's trades huge. because of the gamma um and you gotta you gotta be able to really stand there because as you've as you have always said in the past, you're gonna take these large losses, so you need some outside wins to offset those. You can't continually take profits underneath your profit target just because right. oh I, I got a nice little winner. Let's say your profit target is five thousand and you're at three thousand. You're like oh, I just want to take that. Well. What happens when you take the ten thousand dollar loss or the eight thousand dollar loss? You're going to need those five thousand, six thousand dollar winners to offset that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what are you going to do next year to improve your trading? You have a plan? Oh wow, next year. Um, I would imagine you've got quite an improvement this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and just to build on kind of what we were saying, you know, I expect things to change. I mean, I, I think. I think we always have to have that expectation with the market is either going to revert back to some quote unquote normal state, uh, something that maybe we have seen or haven't seen. So really preparing for change. Right. Like, rather, rather than the common approach, right. Which is find a set of rules and hope the market doesn't change in the future. <laughs> uh, well said. And, and, and to kind of stitch this back together in my earlier comments, that's kind of probably where I was at in January and February before the COVID crash and kind of unknowingly, right? You get complacent. You're like, well, this is trading the rock in, in a very traditional manner. Or, well, I mean, we had some, I had some variations to it, but more or less mm-hmm. traditionally. And you kind of get complacent. You get lulled to sleep with it. It's working. It's great. And you're not really thinking about, well, what if the market does this? Or what if the 
you know, we start getting rising ball, rising market, or we have a crash. Or what if the market moves more than it's ever moved before? Yeah, <laughs> right. In both ways, right? And what if you could buy thirty day butterflies for three dollars, which I did, by the way. <laughs> which I would, I would, I couldn't. I mean, if you if you told me that like a year ago, you're going to be buying butterflies right. next year for three dollars, I'd be like, no way. You're, yeah, you're like, go put put the straight jacket on. You're crazy. Um, so, but it, you know, it did. So, but, and right now I'm actually preparing for some kind of reversion back to what the market was doing and what that looks like. Can, can I continue to do, you know, the high number at, at bats, so to speak, high reps, more trades, this is what I'm trying to say. Or am I going to have to go back to, you know, one trade a month? You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm investigating that and what, and I'm setting parameters for that based on different criteria, you know, butterfly price. If butterfly prices get up to, back to 20 bucks, then I'm probably not going to be putting on 10 day trades. Or if I'm am, I'm going to have to, you know, put in certain restrictions on that. So right. I'm looking- Or maybe have some different kind of configuration or something. Yeah, or, or different configuration, exactly. So while I'm continuing to improve on what I'm doing now, I'm also trying to look forward, uh, look ahead to say, what is, if the market changes, what do I think that's going to look like? And then how will my trading change and adapt to that? Nice. So that's definitely what is on, you know, I'm actually working on that right now. To right. Say, what, what am I gonna Thinking do? of adaptation, right? And that gives you a sense of confidence in itself, knowing that you can adapt. And, and, and I'll, yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, going into 2020, you know, when we were a year ago right now, it was more about, you know, I'm trading the rock. I want to get better at that and really refine that and explore how I can make that better, which is great. But I wasn't thinking in terms of, you know, a two-pronged approach. Just you always need to be thinking about how I can improve what I'm doing now. Um, but also, what if things change? What am I going to do? And so that that's... Right. Well, I remember years ago, we were at a seminar, and I told you, whatever you're doing right now is going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> people didn't like that. I don't think I liked it. I don't think I liked it. Yeah. But this is the this is why, right? Things are going to change. They're going to be periods of time. And I think your comment earlier was really hit the nail on the head. Is is we 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 keep wanting to you know it's human nature to want to find something that works and just stick with it and then hope and pray the market doesn't change. And it's like, come on, guys, that's just and gals, that's just if we've learned anything this year, and really we've learned it for the last three years, right? 2018, mm -hmm. we had massive transition. 2019 had lots of transition. This one has been, uh, you know, we had a crash and then, I don't know, this run up is unprecedented. I think some of the indexes, the the RUD and the and the uh, NDX are up like, are they up 100%, over 100%? Since I think the Russell's the up, over, up over 100. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't I don't remember where I bought IBM, uh, IWM at, but it was. Yeah, I think you, you got it down by the lows. But here, <laughs> let's put that in context real quick. Traditionally, if if the market, however you define that, you know, the SPY, the NASDAQ, any market index, if you have a 10 percent year, that's a good year. Yeah, we have been up 100 percent in those indexes since just March. That's not even a year. That is unbelievable. That's um, insane. Yeah, if you're on, gonna on a number, there at the right time. Yep. Yeah, on a number of levels, right? You could say, well, you know, what does that exactly mean? Is are we overbought? Yeah, sure. But the way I'm really looking at that is to say, with this incredible move up. Now, I will say during the COVID crash, I definitely struggled. I did not find anything 
mm-hmm. trades that worked. It was yeah, really for the sense. it was like three weeks though, you know. <laughs> it was yeah. Was it really even a crash? A four week, you know? Yeah, yeah. pretty good dip. I, I don't like know. Those, those really it wasn't big, a bear market. It's like those really, really big intraday moves you get when you're day trading, you know? <laughs> yeah, like this big liquidation break, and then all of a sudden it goes back up. But yeah. what I was going to say was, oh, with with all those huge moves, keep in mind, I was trading a nine-day trade. Yeah. Like like this move in um, November, just to give people an example of it can be done. The new move in the Russell in November, I think, is a record, isn't it? Or at least in yeah. the time frame. Yeah, it's insane in the time frame. It, yep. it, it's definitely up there in the top two or three cycle moves. And so that's four or five trades for me. Have, let's see, three profit targets, one scratch, and one half profit target with with that movement. Right. And that's, that's nice. So it, so it can be done. You know, you would say, oh, wow. And then things move. I don't know. How much does it move? 200 points, 300 points. I mean, I had some cycles where in the nine days it moved 100 points and still was still able, to, still able to make money. So, it, you know, it, it can be done and it's not all that difficult, but you definitely have to put the work in and think about it. So back back to what, you, you know, your earlier question, what I'm going to do for 2021 is, is how can I you know, how am I going to adapt to the market as it continually changes and probably reverts back to what it was before, you know, a little lower volatility, probably a, le- a lower ATR. Can I continue to do um, some short-term trading? Because again, and I don't, and I'm, and I'm cognizant of not getting caught in that. That may not be possible. I'm not going to force myself to do, you know, right. Hey, I really like doing having lots of reps, 20, 25, 30 trades a year. So I'm just going to do that no matter what. And no, I'm not taking that approach. I'm trying to see, is there something I can do that meets that criteria, but still in a responsible manner and meets my objectives. I maybe, you know, I feel like right now that's, that or, can be done. Or there but, might be more opportunity elsewhere. I mean, if there's easier yeah, money to be made, just- There could be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I, I would say in the past, I might try to force the circle in the square you know, it's like, well, I really like this X, Y, Z component of my trading. So I'm just, I'm, that has to work and I'm, I'm not taking that approach. Okay. Nice. Now, um, what's, what's one piece of advice that you would give a struggling trader? One piece of advice. I have, I'll have to give you more, but I'll definitely give okay. you number one, the number one, number one, um, two, and three. <laughs> yeah. Is develop a learning plan for everything. And I'll have to credit our great friend and great trader, Cindy Sarver, for this concept. And I think she presented, this was one of the first successful trader interviews you ever did. Mm -hmm. Develop a learning plan, which is to say, you know, write down a step-by-step roadmap for what you're going to learn and how you're going to learn it and how you're going to digest that material. So let's say you've just got one of John's strategies that doesn't mean just start pop open and start watching all the videos. It's, you know, watch the videos. Maybe you're taking notes as you, through your first view. Maybe you're not, maybe it's watch all the videos just in one sitting. Then you're going to watch it again and take detailed notes. Then you're going to do back testing. Then you're going to do what if back testing. See how I've, I've outlined some kind of a roadmap of how I'm going to learn. Let's take, let's say it's the M34U, how I'm going to learn this material. It's not, I've said this in the past. It's not, it's not watch video live trade. (laughs) That's not a process. (laughs) 
and hey, guilty as charged. There was a time when I did that, right? You wanted to, you say, yeah. ah, you know, I'll watch the videos. I'll watch John do the bag testing and boom, I'm, I'm live. 10 lot is on. That's not how we, we approach it. So a struggling tra- trader, you know, develop a learning plan. Like I, like I talked about, I have it written down, you know, whether it's in, in uh, OneNote or any of the other journaling software, or it's in a spiral notebook, just, just write something down. And with that, it's going to have patience and recognize you're going to have some setbacks and yet you learn the most, the most growth and the most learning is going to come from setbacks. If you take them properly. Yes. Thank you. If you take them properly and, and understand that that is how we learn. The other piece of advice I give a struggling trader is get a coach, <laughs> yeah. do some train, do, do some one-on-one coaching and shameless plug you know, the coaching can come in different forms, right? It can be, I'm stuck on this one area. I'd like to just do one session. Let's get together, whether it's John or me, and let's hammer out that hammer out that issue. Or it can be a series of sessions where we put together a learning plan, where we put together a list of objectives, where we do, you know, assign homework and we come back and review that and really help you digest that material. So if you're struggling if you really want to ramp up that learning curve and get through the potholes, because, you know, I recommend getting a coach, but it comes down to this. You simply just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time you come on and do the trading with the pro sessions, I'm learning. I'm learning every single time. And it it always comes down to, it's not so much what I, I don't know what I don't know anymore because I think I've just been around and seen enough, but it's, it's more of, ah, that thought didn't trigger. Now I see what's triggering that thought. And so that's what a coach can help you do is see those things around the corner, help you identify blind spots and helps you help you avoid those decision traps because those decision traps, which comes with the mental game, you know, we, we put up these blinders unknowingly, right? We put up these sort of psychological barriers like, well, the trade's going to work just because my back testing was successful or, or, you know, maybe it's as simple as that. But you talk yourself in, you see, you've said this before, you see things that you want to see. Like if you're going to buy a, a white Toyota um, truck, well, guess what? When you're driving down the road for the next two weeks, everything you see is a white Toyota truck. You're going to notice all the white trucks. You're going to notice the things that you, your mind as gravitating towards and so that I might bought, be yeah i bought right red truck and i thought right redwood yeah <laughs> and i and i thought i've never seen i don't think i've ever, I've ever seen bright red trucks like this around right and i'm gonna buy something nobody has my neighbor has one <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you start noticing it and you could talk right. yourself that in, into a trade you start to see you know things that um only are positive so yeah all right. Awesome. That's a, that's a great piece of advice and a great uh, presentation. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Yeah, it's been, it's been a great, a great year, a lot of learning. And, you know, another thing I would try to suggest, and I know you said just one piece of advice, but, you know, <laughs> getting a, a group of people or one other person as a, you know, a little team or a trading partner, I think is really helpful, really, really helpful. Uh, and you can find those people in our community through the forums or through Skype and try to team up with some people who, who probably uh, trade similar to you. And I think it really can advance yourself 
a lot quicker when you're working with somebody on trade ideas. And sometimes you can split up work, you know, whether it's back testing or they can be an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then probably above all else, it's idea generation. You know, you get on Skype together and say, hey, do you think about this? Or, hey, what are you doing here? Or what what do you think about this adjustment? And I think that's great to have uh, that kind of live day-to-day feedback. Yeah, trading can be lonely. It's good to have yes. a little bit of support there. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen. We appreciate it. And uh, Happy New Year. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. And Happy New Year. And uh, best of luck to everybody. Yeah, trade well, everyone.